take a job, any job, doesn't matter what it is, work your butt off, get promoted, come in sick, come in on days that you don't have to come in, be indispensable to the person you're working for, and continue to do that until you get to the point where you get to live your dream. Be indispensable no matter what you do. Welcome to Star of the Doubts. I'm your host, Jared Easley. And joining me today is a good friend of mine, someone I've known for many, many years. And I've seen through the hills, through the valleys, through the good times, through the times that were challenging, my friend, Joe Bass. Joe, welcome to Star of the Doubts. Hey, thanks, Jared. What's up, man? Dude, you're sounding nice and crisp with that microphone you got there. Uh, yeah, like yeah, a professional hey. podcaster. I know. Well, you know, we've got them for two different reasons. It's funny. We're both rocking the Hiles. Aren't you rocking a Hile? I am. Yeah, I got the PR40, but I, you know, I'm a nerd. I, I've got my ham radio set up here. And, you know, Bob Heil, I don't know if you know much about I met pretty, him. Oh, really? Yeah, he's got a stored pass, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, with the Who and what was it? The Talk Box with, uh, who was it? Peter Frampton? Is that correct? It sounds correct. He He's definitely had some, uh, the experiences dead, yeah. with some some big name people back in the day so yeah he's an am guy though uh so he kind of is in the <laughs> hobby as well and that's where it started and he's he's also an organist i don't know if you've ever it's funny you bring up organist i'm gonna go ahead and throw this out there the okay. other day i found myself enchanted i think that's a good word listening on youtube to uh are you familiar with the movie interstellar Tell me who's in it. I think so. That's uh, Matthew it? McConaughey. Yeah, yeah, I love that movie. It's a sci-fi movie. Anyway, yeah. the, the the soundtrack, uh, who uh, that was by Hans Zimmerman. Somebody got a church organ in like a, an old classic church somewhere and played the soundtrack of that album. And I mean, I listened to the whole <laughs> thing, dude. And I was, I was blown away. I really like that movie. But just hearing that music on an organ, that was like, I worked, I got a you know, a lot of work done listening to that. But anyway, that's awesome. Way off topic. Joe, let's not mess around with any of that. Let's talk about you. Joe, let's start out with how in the world did we meet? Oh, gosh. How did we meet? I mean, I know we met a really long time ago. We met through church. Yeah, uh, you were probably in uh, middle school at the time. Yeah, I'd say so. I guess I was probably, I don't know, what, 14? That Something might like be that. true. Well, probably my first memory of you, Joe, is you were wearing a fish t shirt. There you go. <laughs> I still love them to this day. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about that for a moment. Like, I, I don't know, like Montgomery, Alabama. I just don't think that's a city where people listen to fish, but no, 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 they clearly, do. Yeah. yeah, they do actually. No, they're everywhere. And I, I, yeah. How in the world did you get into that kind of music growing up in, in what some would consider a, a, you know, a Southern redneck town? Jeez. I mean, you know, some shady characters were involved. I think it was like <laughs> we talked about earlier. On another podcast, you know, selling grilled cheeses and Mountain Dews at concerts, you know, so that you could pay for whatever, maybe some gas money home or something like that. Yep. But no, I just love the jam band. I, I love music that I can just sit back and chill. And I like, all, you know, just about any kind of music that doesn't suck, but which unfortunately today, is, I don't know. Well, we won't go there. But well, you anyway. got to go. You got to go underground to find some of the stuff you're going to. Yeah. Like. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, but some of the great bands that we listened to growing up and even before we were even born, uh, they're just so relevant today. And, and mm. Fish is, is obviously one of those. And, you know, Trey Anastasia went off and, and did some of his own own things. And uh, those are interesting. But love Fish, love the dead. I love jazz music. I listen to, you know, what was funny is if you flip through my 
CD case when I was younger. You know, there was like Nirvana, Pearl Jam, and 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 then Fish, and the Grateful Dead, and <laughs> Jimi Hendrix, and then I had like two pages that was just full of Garth Brooks, and everybody <laughs> always <laughs> everybody always laughed at that. But man, I just I've always loved Garth Brooks. He's super high energy. I guess that's what it is. But I've got friends in low places. So do you, or you wouldn't be interviewing me. Uh, that's not true. But I, yeah, Garth Brooks. I mean, if you're from Alabama, I think that's like a a staple that you got to have an appreciation on some level for Garth Brooks and, and George Strait and those guys. <laughs> and I've heard his live show, which I've never been to, but I'd like to go. I've heard it's really good. So Yeah, my wife's been to a couple. She loved it. Wow. She never takes me with her. She always takes her drink. <laughs> Joe, do you think the interest in fish and, and some of that, I'm going to use the word hippie culture. That might not be the right word, but some of that culture that you experienced at that, uh, you know, that middle school age, do you think that kind of played into the path that you've now pursued with entrepreneurship and business and things like that? Well, yeah. And I, and I have to say that, I guess what I'm about to say is, is kids don't you know, stay in school. All right. But yeah, definitely because it kind of put me on a path of rebelliousness, if you will. And you know me, you've known me for a long time. I've, I've got a storied uh, past and we won't get into all those details, but I had a lot of fun with that. But yeah, that culture I think one of the things that you got to realize is like, if you look at, I know everybody always wants to talk about Apple. So what I'm going to talk about them anyway, but if you look at like Steve Wozniak, the guy's an engineer, right? right? And he's really good at engineering. So that's what he did. And then he's got another guy who's his partner, Steve Jobs. And that's who everybody knows who's really, really great at sales. But the reason he's great at selling is because he understood culture. And that's something I bring into everything I do, like now doing digital marketing. I try to tell people, look, I mean, and what I do, I'm not just a kid in a basement. You know, I've got culture. I'm out in the real world. I don't approach things as if I'm a robot, even though I like analytics and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, I would say it definitely had a lot to do with it. Plus, it kind of put me on a path of uh, maybe I did some things I shouldn't have done, I guess. But I mean, it ended up turning out okay. But I never graduated from college. and um, And so I had to really hustled, Jared. You know, I started working in the restaurant industry and, and became a chef and ran my own restaurant and really learned to hustle hard, worked under a French chef. And he taught me the the meaning of humility, I guess I could say. I peeled a lot of shrimp, cut a lot of vegetables and learned to work long hours and work hard and hustle. And so, yeah, I mean, our paths always take us in the direction that I guess we need to go as long as we keep our eye on the prize. But, you know, that lifestyle comes with with certain things and uh, it doesn't have to but generally speaking it does and there were some things that I was doing that I had to just lay off of and really focus on on being a better person you know just being better at life at general focusing on things that are important and so as soon as I started focusing Jared things just sort of started falling in place started meeting the right people the first couple of years of the business was hard really hard but I kept moving. But yeah, I went off the path there a long way from fish, the question about fish. <laughs> well, it's a nice tie-in because I think a reasonable percentage of the people that knew you and I back 20 years ago, if I said, hey, you know, where do you see Joe Bass in 20 years? Probably a number of those folks would be like, man, I hope he's going to be okay, you know, or something along those lines. I don't know. I've had a lot of friends die, Jared, you know? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. A lot of those people would have pictured you in the position that you're in now. And so, you know, if people are probably curious what that is, 
without, you know, giving away the farm, I'm going to say, you know, you've taken a path that was, you know, maybe fueled by some of the, the early influences mm-hmm. and, and you've had that independence, you know, desire. And, and now you're in a position where you do own your own business, where you've, you know, you've employed different people and provided for them. You, you're mm-hmm. working in a collaborative spirit with different organizations and different companies, helping them to be more profitable. And like, that's pretty amazing to see, okay, 20 years ago, Joe, you know, some people would have said, I don't know if he's going to be all right, but now you're in a position where you're doing a lot better with than some of those people that would have said that. So how do we go from point A to point B, if you will? Well, I had to give credit where credit's due. And there was, you know, there were certain people in my life that were really great. Like I had a really great father figure. He was, he's my uncle. I always knew that I could go this far, but I couldn't go that far. So I would say that I'm going to go off track a little bit. Anybody that's listening, if you ever see anybody that's really going in the wrong direction, don't be afraid to step in and be that person's solidity, be that solid ground for that person because you could completely change their entire life. But yeah, I mean, I've had people come up and say, you know, somebody was asking about you and they were worried about you and so on and so forth. And I'm like, I'm fine. You know, everything's going good. But you're right. There were a lot of people that had doubts in me. Man, if there's ever anything that drives a person that wants to reach a certain place, it's doubt. If people doubt them, I mean, not everybody's like that. But for me, oddly enough, I kind of feed off that. The more you doubt me, the harder I'm going to work and the further I'm going to go. So I kind of took that doubt that people had in me. First of all, I didn't take most of it to heart. I didn't care a whole lot, but occasionally I did. We've had conversations about it in the past, and sometimes it does hurt your feelings, but for the most part, you just take that and you use it as fuel. Yeah. Hey, man, that's well said. And, and as part of this journey, you've, man, some people, some people call it lucky. Maybe it's not lucky, but- No, there's a lot like, of luck. Like, yeah. like, you've met Lindsay, and so let's, know, just take, yeah. let's just take a moment and talk about Lindsay. I really <laughs> want to give high praise to your wife. I, I have a, a huge amount of respect for her. And I think it's totally fair to say you married way out of your league. Oh, no doubt about it. Yeah, I overshot big time. <laughs> I love that story. Maybe that gives hope to someone who, who's... Hey, tell them, tell them a story about one of, the, one of your buddies that, that uh, I was at your wedding. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. Well, I think, I think uh, a buddy of mine, yeah, yeah, a buddy of mine uh, he pulled me aside and, and he saw Joe and then he saw Joe's... I think that was your fiancé at the time or, yeah, or that girlfriend. I don't know exactly what, what point you're at. But he saw that and he's like, how in the world did this guy end up with her? And um, man, from someone on the outside that doesn't know Joe, that's a totally fair question. Right. Yeah. From the outside. But if you know me, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm shooting for the, I'm shooting for gold. Yeah. You know, it's funny when I met her, it was the craziest thing. I was, I was in this pretty wild lifestyle at the time, but I had calmed down a little bit and I, and I had certain hobbies that were kind of keeping me level headed and I was having fun. I was living at the beach and surfing and all that kind of stuff. And I walk in and she's at uh, the beach house down there with my cousin and I see her and I'm just like, wow, that. And I told the guy, I told my buddy that I was with at the time, I said, I'm going to be dating her in a month. And he's like, no, "No, you're not. And I'm like, yeah, no, for real. I'm going to be dating. I probably would have told you, no, you're not. (laughs) Yeah. There was no, see, to me, that's the thing. Listen, that's the thing about life, man. When you want something, don't let anybody interfere with that. Mm-hmm. You tell yourself in your mind, this is what's going to happen. And that's what's going to happen. As long as you work hard, you know, thank God I've got a good personality and I'm, and I'm funny. <laughs> well, you know, I, I am uh, thrilled for you because 
Lindsay, of course, you know, that was a catch back then, but, but still now these days being married and having a child and, and the support that uh, she's been able to, to give. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've got to throw it really has been just an awesome story in your life of, you know, how you found somebody that really loves you and supports you. And wants yeah. To- I've actually, yeah. if you don't mind, I'd like to go into that just for a second. Please do. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's pretty amazing. You know, we got married and we were living at the beach. We were living a block from the beach and I just started the business recently and, and the oil spill happened. And there was no oil on the beach at all, but the news was reporting that there was just oil everywhere. And so uh, marketing dollars just, it was like a light switch, just turned off and said, okay, we got to do something. So we ended up moving back to the city here in Montgomery. We were both originally born here, so we're familiar with the, you know, the area. And man, what, I mean, it was just a great move as far as, now I, I have to say, I, I look forward to living in Florida again, but as far as moving to Montgomery, that was the blessing. That was the luck thing that you talk about. It was like a really bad situation. Turned out to be great. But so we move here. She's graduated from Auburn and uh, she gets a job at an insurance company here, Alpha Insurance here in Montgomery. And she's working there. And I had two jobs when I lived in Florida. I basically worked from some, you know five or six in the morning until midnight. We move here. And, and the reason I worked that long is because I was working on my business. Plus, I was working for another business to make a living. And so we moved here and, and she was so supportive. And I remember saying, look, if you want me to just go out and get a job, I can do that. That's not a problem. And she said, no, she said, focus on what you're doing and grow the business. And that was her. That's, that's my wife in a nutshell, just the loyalty that's there. Um, if it hadn't have been for her, I don't know what would have happened, but she made it happen. And we went through a lot of struggles financially. I'll just be honest. I mean, and then all of a sudden, things just clicked. I started meeting people. I was working for a guy named Jason Watson. You know Jason. And he's got some magazines here in Montgomery. And I started doing cold calling for him, which I sucked at, but I learned a lot. And I got to meet some people. And that's when networking started. And uh, I walked in out of one particular place and met a guy named Larry Stevens. And, and people in Montgomery might know who he is. He's a, he was a, uh, a pretty big forced to be reckoned with, if you will, as far as radio broadcasting goes and, and just a great guy. And he had a, an advertising agency here. I was working for Jason at the time and I'm trying to sell, you know, advertising to him for his clients. But at the end, we talked for about an hour and a half and really jived and said, man, I really want to work for this guy. And uh, so I gave him my card. I said, look, if, if the company you work for ever drops the ball, because I want to be the one to pick it up. He said, all right, I'll, I'll keep your card. And I left and went home and we had had a discussion. I said, you know, have you ever watched Mad Men or anything like that? And he said, no, but I want to. And uh, so I went home and, and I kind of took a cue from you from some of the stuff I'd seen you do, like sending the big yellow balls to people with handwritten <laughs> stuff when you were first starting your podcast. And, yep. and I said, All right, I'm going to Amazon and I'm just going to buy this guy the, the whole entire set. So I did, came in the mail a couple of days later, Amazon Prime, of course addicted. So I go over and I drop it off with a handwritten note. And about a year later, I get a phone call and it's him. And dude, he was just unreal. He basically handed me every single client that he had. And I took over all their digital marketing and it was pretty much overnight. And then the business just started basically doubling every single year. It just doubled. And when, uh, you know, we were doing web development, app development, digital marketing is really where it's at because that's a great residual monthly income. And I love that. But, uh, and then he introduced me to other people and other people that have other agencies. So at this point, 
I'm either working directly or non-directly with four different agencies at the current time and I handle their clients. Okay, and you're, and you're being a little bit humble here. I mean, you, you, yes, you are working with these clients, but your business is uh, in a much better place than it was several years ago. It's growing. Oh, yeah. uh, I mean, you have the opportunity to, to grow it further if you want to, or you can kind of mm-hmm. pump the brakes and just kind of hang out for a bit. But, but what a wonderful position to be in. So I want to talk about a little bit about that. Like uh, you've got some more flexibility with your schedule now, now that you have a daughter and, yep. and you've got other interests that are developing and stuff. So let's just go there for a little bit. What, what, what's it like? Uh, maybe what, what's a typical day like for Joe Bass? Oh, I really don't want to tell you how little I work. No, I'm just, <laughs> um, no, I mean, you don't I've have to really, do that. No, no, I, you know, you have, Jared, there does come a point. Where, what is, what's the name of that book? The four hour work week. Is that well, it? You, you've worked really hard to get to the, oh, man, just, so, so, so if yes. you're not working as hard now, good for you. That's exactly right. And that's the point. I mean, at first you're working 18 hour days, every single day, seven days a week. Right. So when you tell someone, no, I don't, I don't work an entire day without that backstory, they may think you're a slacker, but really what you've done is figured out how to, you know, basically dude, you're, you're feeding other families is what's going on. And, and they're doing the work that you really don't feel like doing. And, and so that's what I do. But um, that book made an impact on me. What is, is it the four hour work week? Yeah, that's Tim Ferriss. Yep. Yeah. I read that book and it kind of changed my perspective. on. I think you recommended that, but um, it really changed my perspective on how to do things. And you, of course, talked to me a lot about uh, delegation. And, and once I started delegating, I began making more and more and more money and doing less work. And it's just the weirdest stinking thing ever, but <laughs> good for you, man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you work your butt off at first. There's no doubt. I mean, there's no doubt that there's a big time hustle involved. So now there's other areas that I work because once you get to that point, Jared, not everything that you do that's work has to bring in money. I mean, you really at that point have the freedom to go after some of your hobbies, the things that you really enjoy doing. And that's work just as much as anything else. You're working towards some, uh, some common goal or, or whatever it may be. But um, you're able to do that because there's, there's a revenue stream, you know? And uh, so that's, that's kind of where I'm at right now. But there's going to be a point where I go, okay, time to grow the business again. And we're going to have to really rock it and figure some things out. Uh, let's talk about your daughter. Um, yeah. what, being a dad, I know, is something that's very special to you. It's important to you. What, what, what parts of being a dad do you think are, are really things that relate to, to maybe success in business or, or success in life? Or, or what are some things you want to share that, that you mm. love about fatherhood? That is a, that's a good question and how to relate it. First off, you, you can attest that you very much learn about scheduling. You know, you're up at this time every single day day in and day out when they're depend on you to live, to survive in the beginning. But really the moment that they're born, your whole perspective on life really changes. It's like, okay, something this amazing has happened and, and uh, I'm going to really work my butt off to make sure that they have a good life. And that's uh, something that uh, it's one of those light switch moments. It's just boom. You see that little person come out and I can't even describe the love that you feel the moment you see it. You know what it's like. Parents know what it's like. So the moment you see it, it's wow. Like you're just in love with this person and uh, you want to just do so well for them. You want them to be proud of you. But 
the scheduling is definitely something that you have to do in the beginning. You have to learn to manage money very well. You got, I mean, let's just be real. You've got diapers, you've got whatever else. I mean, babies are not cheap. So you've got money management and you also have to learn to uh, check out it. And I, I can be bad about this. I'll be the first to admit. In fact, she stays home generally on Fridays because she's not in she's not in kindergarten yet. I mean, she chills with me on Friday, so she's in there right now on her little iPad, and we have to kind of check that and watch that and make sure that you know, all three of us aren't sitting there all the time on you know devices. And and that's something that's important. Sometimes she just wants us to watch her dance or sing or whatever, and, and you got to give them that attention and show them that love. So, but no, she's she's freaking awesome. I love her. <laughs> One of your hobbies right now is, well, I won't say hobby, but something you're interested in is, is crypto. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk a little bit about crypto. How in the world did you go down that rabbit hole? Well, I mean, years ago, like, you know, I used it to purchase WordPress themes when I was building websites because you could buy the themes for a discounted price if you used Bitcoin. And so I was familiar with it in that area. And, you know, we've talked about this before. There's really absolutely no telling how much money i actually spin on those themes, whether it be $20,000 or more, who knows, at its peak, when it was at its peak. But um, yeah, it's something that I see as a lot of people are dismissing it right now because, you know, there definitely has been a bit of a, a pop in the bubble. But anybody with a, with a mind knew that at some point that had to kind of happen to stabilize it. Like, how do you use it for money if it's going up and down four or $5,000 in a day, right? So. At some point, it had to stabilize. I still think it has a huge, huge future. Uh, I think the younger, you know, if you talk to people that have kids that are like 17, 18, 19, or they're in, you know, they're in college and they don't invest money in the stock market, they have like zero interest in the stock market, but they'll put their money into crypto. They get excited about crypto or they'll spend crypto on websites that accept cryptocurrency. And man, I saw a, uh, a vehicle down in uh, on 30A when I was there a couple of weeks ago that had we accept Bitcoin and what was the other one? I think it was Bitcoin and uh, Ethereum on the back of it of the vehicle. And I said to myself, "This is, you're going to see this everywhere." And a lot of people are doubting right now, but I'm not one of them. I believe in it wholeheartedly. So you know, I mine a coin called XTL Stlite at the current time. I, I love the, the developers. They work their tails off. They're very interactive with people and they've come up with the technologies that, that other people. Now, one thing about crypto is they, every new crypto, every new altcoin kind of builds off of a different coin. Like you say Monero or something like that. Okay. XTL is going to build a privacy coin. We're going to build it off the principle of Monero but we're going to do this. Uh, we're going to make your freaking refrigerator mine. Like when your refrigerator is a smart refrigerator, it needs to be mining coins or your TV needs to mine coins. Or if you have a business and you've got 20 cell phones, you know, out with your employees when they're not using them and your, your phones are mining. So it evens a playing field a lot. Also with, think about this for a second, the fact that let's say a third world country, for example, where there's no access to loans or there's no access to banking. All of a sudden, if you've got an internet connection, you are now the bank. You don't need a bank because you are the bank if you have crypto. All you need is that hash, right? And that's where I think things are going to go. Loans are going to continue to happen through crypto. Things that are built off Ethereum, for example. I see a future where home loans happen through contract-based systems. And I see it going big. 
Uh, you've, you and I have talked hours and hours about this, and you know, you're making me a believer more and more, I'll say that. Hey, Joe, we're going to start to, to wind this down a little bit. I got just a couple more questions. One is, we talked about family. We've talked about uh, the, the business journey and uh, s- some other things like crypto to get you excited. What, what, what else gets you excited to get out of bed and just make some things happen? Uh, Fortnite. Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> Not the answer I was expecting, but I, I love it. And, no, and, I love, I'm, so, I'm so freaking addicted. And I, I thought you were going to say something crime related. So that's oh, no. Cr- yeah, I'm all about the crime right now, too. Yeah. The, the, I don't want to talk about that publicly, though. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot of crime in my yeah, city. Yeah, you're, you're, you're a crime fighter. I'm a crime. I'm like McGruff. You're, yeah, you're a, you're a public servant, uh, but not a, yeah, not a, not at a policeman. <laughs> so no, well, no, I'm not a policeman. Uh, but uh, I had to say real quick, it's it's pretty ridiculous. This is uh, this is what a dork I am. Let's just let's just throw it out there and be honest. <laughs> I uh, I patrol my neighborhood at night, sometimes at one thirty in the morning, and and I actually have neighborhood patrol magnets that I put on my car and uh, I, I'm just really glad my wife has not left me. <laughs> well, well said. All right. So we got two questions. First one is where can people connect with you online? Well, Jared, you know, I'm, a, I'm not really that into that to be quite honest. I hate to, I mean, I don't know how to answer that. Well, people, Hatfield, uh, can, I mean, I guess learn more about what you're up to. Yeah. Hatfieldtaylor.com. I mean, the way that I do things now working through agencies though, it's, I almost am under the radar at this point. Which that is makes the way you like sense. it. That's the way I like it. And I work for the agencies. But yeah, Hatfield Taylor, H-A-T-F-I-E-L-D-T-A-Y-L-O-R.com. Hatfield Taylor. And so that's kind of the main company. I still do some work through there. But, you know, I'm not the probably the typical person you talk to that's got a huge online presence. And I've just never pushed that all that hard. Be quite Well, I guess I did in the beginning, didn't I? I don't know. I think there was a season when you tried that, then you decided to pivot and, uh, yeah. you know, and, and we haven't talked about it, but we've kind of hinted at it. That pivot was necessary for you to, to be in the path you're on now, which yeah. was the right call. So Yeah. I mean, dude, like, I, I mean, super pumped about people that are like Vaynerchuk, for example, like that dude just, I mean, he just woke my brain up when, you know, when I started watching Vaynerchuk talk still do to this day and people that do have big online presences, uh, I do follow them some, but generally speaking i i uh, yeah i just i'm not that guy that's on twitter all the time responding to people and talking to people and that's not really the life i live but the reason i enjoy your story and have a respect for you know all the things you've accomplished is you haven't followed the path that so many people have tried to follow with personal branding and things mm-hmm. like that you've you've kind of carved your own way figured out something that worked for you and and i i think that's really an important message for people to get out of this interview is not Everybody needs to be on Facebook 24-7. Promoting. Be a huge celebrity, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That, that, that's not, you don't necessarily have to do that. There's other things. So last question. I love final thoughts. So what's your final thought, Joe? My final thought. Jeez, you put me on the spot there. My final thought. I don't know, Jared. I think that I have no clue. <laughs> I'm not, not going to let you off that easy. So, so give a piece of wisdom. For someone who's listening to a podcast and that's wanting to dream big. Work your tail off. Work your butt off. All right. All right. Here we go. I got it. All right. So take a job. And I can't remember the dude's name online that says this, but take a job, any job, doesn't matter what it is. 
work your butt off, get promoted, come in sick, come in on days that you don't have to come in, be indispensable to the person you're working for, and continue to do that until you get to the point where you get to live your dream. Be indispensable no matter what you do. But if you're not working, go get a job. Do anything that you can. Doesn't matter. Dude, that hustle mindset that we all talk about, the hustle mindset, it starts somewhere and it doesn't matter what you're doing. It really doesn't. It doesn't matter if you're picking trash up off the side of the road. Be the best trash picker upper, right? So I guess that would be my my thing is get out there and, and get going. Work hard. Well said, Joe. I appreciate the time and I uh, certainly wish you the best with everything's coming up. Yeah, man. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Enjoyed it. Mm-hmm.